Hello, and welcome to Spiritual Tea Talk with the Michelles. Hello, good morning, afternoon, evening, early hours, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Hello, 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 from all dimensions and realms. We were just talking about that. <laughs> and how we live multidimensionally and those experiences that we get when we do that. Yes. Yes, what happens to our physical bodies <laughs> when, when we uh, are in the multiple dimensions. Yes. Our yeah. physical body goes, um, what, what are you doing? Yeah. How yeah. do I show up? Yeah. This hurts now. Yeah. I was just talking about, because last week I did uh, two big events uh, in a row. And the end of the first evening after the event, I went to drive home and my, I do wear glasses to see far away, but I don't have to wear them all the time. Like I could, I could manage, but, uh, that evening after being in a different realm, I, uh, my eyesight was really, really blurry and it was, I had to put on my sunglasses that are prescription so I could see, uh, cause my eyesight was so blurry and I was just telling Michelle about that where uh she goes well that's interesting i go is it though because to me it makes sense that i'm in a 5d if not higher dimension so when i come back down and i'm and and, and that's what's going on like on my way home my i don't want to say i'm i'm closing down because i'm never shut down but the frequency goes lower and lower i'm not i'm not constantly in that high frequency and so my 3D eyes <laughs> start getting a little bit more blurrier, a little bit more blurry uh, while that is happening. So, yeah. It goes to show the what we need and what we don't need in those higher realms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need my 3D eyes. No? No. I mean, you do need them for driving, definitely. Well, in the in this realm i guess until you're in your space i wonder if we become when the world becomes totally 5d if my eyesight would be 2020 would that be great that would be great right i'm putting that out there yeah all right everyone manifest yeah when we hit 5d full time all the time for a long time we all get 2020 vision back yeah and there'll be no need for readers and glasses and prescriptions and we'll all have super healthy sparkly eyes i love it see now this is the true tea talk that michelle and i do <laughs> we get very imaginative and we put stuff out there and then we just kind of expect that it's going to happen yeah yeah because we're very clear on it we are clear on it that's how we manifest right, right. I, it, this reminds me of um, talking to some clients about they got mad because their daughter pretty much demands that something's going to happen. Like she puts it out to the universe and there's no expectations of it not happening. All the expectations is it's happening. Like she's very firm and it's happening now. And I was like, yeah, she's manifesting correctly instead of getting mad at her because she's doing that following her lead mm -hmm. like follow her learn from her because that's how like 
I really feel that's how we're supposed to manifest is it's not not like I guess a demand like she doesn't put her foot down and demand it but it's kind of like this confidence that there's no doubt in her mind it's happening and that's how we're supposed to be right and that's what we lose as we get into life yeah we lose that because something will happen and then we don't trust in that ability anymore Whereas the kids aren't there. The kids are still in that purity and that. Well, I mean, she's she was in her 20s, I think, doing it. So she wasn't that young. Still. Still. She yeah. must have been doing it as a kid. Must have been. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it just brought up insecurity for her mom. Sure. Yeah. Which, well, there's that parent-child dynamic that we're supposed to box into a certain way of being right and so many of the kids that are coming in and have been <laughs> ripping that box are the up. mothers they're the teachers <laughs> they're the this is how i'm doing it what are you going to do to navigate it i'm always telling people to nurture. nurture nurture those amazing gifts because when you nurture them not only are you learning from it by nurturing it but you can really watch these kids expand into the amazing beings they came here to be absolutely but i also have to speak on that behalf of the parents not that i'm not like technically a parent myself but have raised many kids or helped raise many kids there's some frustration that comes with oh, i'm sure there is <laughs> like how do we nurture this ability because you know this is going to be fantastic when they get older but my job right now is to keep them safe right. <laughs> and how do you nurture this or and keep them safe at the same time like right. there's some there's some frustration that goes oh, along I'm with sure that there is because i'm sure there's a lot of parents going yes <laughs> yes how do you is there a book there's no book michelle will write the book and then she'll put it out to bestseller on amazon ah is that because i called you out yesterday about writing the profiles <laughs> So now you're going to call me out on writing a book, finally? No, you wanted to write a book for a while. I'm still healing that aspect of myself. Thanks for bringing it up in front of everybody. Absolutely. Wait, this one's going to go viral. You wait and see. Michelle McEwen comes clean on her. On the, the healing she's doing. 6,000 hits. <laughs> We're manifesting it. It's happening. It is happening. It is happening. Wow. This is just taking a direction. We had no clue that it was going to take it. So today is card pull day. So um, I pulled a card from the Rose Oracle by Rebecca Campbell. It's a beautiful, I'm, I'm turning the cover so everybody She's showing can you see. the cover so you can see it. So everybody can see the cover. So use your imagination. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is a beautiful, beautiful deck. And I've always resonated with uh, Rose um, because of the Divine Mother's energy. And, um, but the card that we pulled today is the mystic rose i think that's what it's called yeah absolutely yeah which is uh, gorgeous it has it looks like um mother mary holding a rose which i thought was a child with a red head oh yeah yeah totally. kind of looks like a child with a red head right yeah 
<clears throat> and then um, you realize that she has more than one pair of hands. Yeah, she has two pairs of hands. Two, uh, like two, uh, one set of hands on her face and then like touching her face. Not that they're coming out of her face, but touching her face. And the other is one's holding the rose and the other one's down. But um, this card, it says the mystic rose, compassion, devotion, humanity, humidity. Nope, I didn't say that right. And grace. So Michelle Lowry is going to read this one because I read it out loud and stumbled on a lot of the words. So I told her to get the reading glasses out. She's reading it. <laughs> she is. And she'll try and do a stellar job at reading this. You are going to. So um, I invite you, if it's safe to do so, to take a minute and to take a few breaths and ground into this moment, wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, whether you're outside or inside. Um, so you can really give yourself the space to feel this as well as hear it. And if you're maybe, not driving. If you're not driving. Um, and you may listen easier when you close your eyes if you're not driving or driving heavy machinery or otherwise distracted where that would not be safe. <laughs> disclosure, disclosure. Um, yeah, just take a minute because we don't know where you are when you are listening to this podcast. So if it is safe for you to do so, we invite you to just sit and ground and be in your heart. Um, Michelle always talks about placing your hand over your heart and just kind of focusing in on that energy. So um, that's the invitation to do that. And um, here we go. So as Michelle said, the mystic rose, compassion, devotion, humility, humanity, grace. So where does that resonate? How does your body feel even just with that? The rose was a symbol of the goddesses of old. So it's no wonder that when Christianity absorbed large parts of the indigenous Celtic traditions in Europe, the mother goddess, Mother Mary, became associated with the rose. Perhaps the reason Mary is so beloved is because she was the only mother goddess who could be worshipped safely and as such carries with her the devotion and yearning of all those who long to worship the goddess in a feminine form. Mary's connection with the rose is seen in some of her titles, including Rosa Mystica, the mystic rose, and the rose without thorns. Like those of the pagan goddesses before her, the processions that honored Mary involved walking on rose petals. The church altered the stories of the goddesses past, including those that featured roses, such as Aphrodite turning the white rose red with her blood, putting Mary in the goddess's place. Churches were erected all over Europe and beyond, in many cases on the site of Celtic temples and places of goddess worship. Mary had beautiful rose windows in the West, the direction of the feminine, in dedication to Mary, mother of the rose. This is a card of compassion, devotion, and grace. It encourages us to soften towards humanity and to endeavor to see the world, and even those who have hurt us with understanding, an open heart, and deep humility. To see that we all carry hurt and are wounded. 
we have all experienced severing. Mother Mary is inviting you to open your heart to humanity when you most want to close. And the soul inquiry, how are you being called to show compassion today? so much in there there's so much in this even reading it, it you could break it down into several parts and really dissect it and go into it i mean there's just so much information here yeah i agree i agree i love and i i feel like this is the right time of course this is the right time to pull this card because that's how card pulls work <laughs> right yeah. but about the uh compassion coming at things with compassion yes because i know that uh recently probably the last several years uh people have been getting lost in the fear and the chaos that has been popping up all over the world and i know the messages that i've been receiving is to stay in love stay in the energy of love and, and part of that energy of love is the compassion part. But how do we have compassion and not get lost and, or lower our vibration to that person or people that we're trying to give compassion to? Because I find that a lot of us do lower our vibration to to give compassion that we haven't learned to give compassion on the higher unconditional love frequency do you agree i think that the it's the unconditional piece yeah if you are truly unconditional no matter what's happening around you and i'm not saying that's easy sometimes because no. we can get triggered and upset by things or annoyed by stuff um and then you have to kind of check back in and see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, and all of it's good. If you have to express those emotions, you express them. But notice where where you're in that loving energy is. Um, oh, my God, I just went totally blank. It drives me nuts when that happens. Um, when you're unconditional, you're unconditional. So no matter what's going on, whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, whether it's considered good, bad or otherwise, when you're unconditional, you're in that neutral place where you can give compassion to something, knowing that that's that person's journey, that person's experience. And very often it has nothing to do with us directly. It may affect our lives in some way or our lifestyle in some way. But I always feel that even with that, where are you putting your energy? Where are you putting your love? And where are you putting your anger? And is the anger there to diminish or destroy? Or is the anger there to fuel you to be more compassionate and see somebody in their own journey? Yeah. And with the world the way it is now, that is not an easy task to take on Yeah. at all. But if we can practice unconditional love, within our own environment, within our own lives, within our own day, within the people that we connect with. I would say start with yourself. That's true. Like start unconditional love for yourself that's because you can't, <laughs> I know, but you can't have unconditional love for anybody else 
until you have unconditional love for yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. I yeah. Agree, totally. Yeah. Um, and then start with the, the groups that you can, the, the friends or family that you can have unconditional love for. Um, and unconditional love is loving with no expectations, loving the person for who they are in this moment as they are. So when I got integrated with the divine mother's energy and worked for a year to hold the energy of unconditional love and then uh, just and then was told to start channeling that into others that's what they had me practice was seeing this person for who they are and loving them for who they are there's no expectations there there's not like, oh, yeah, I love my kid, but blah, 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 blah. Or I expect this from them. I expect them to be good. I expect them to be this. I expect them to be that, right? Unconditional love is one of the highest vibrations, and it's not very common on this planet right now. It's getting there. It's getting there, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. So right now, it's it's even just practicing love just practicing love for each other and for yourself and for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And Looking for in yourself. The mirror, that's one of them. Louis Hayes. Yes. Greatest things was that you look in the mirror stare and stare you yourself in the tell eyes yourself that you love yourself. Yeah. I still give that as a tool to people when they're starting to figure out how to love themselves. That's the first tool I give them because right. it's so powerful. And to stare yourself in the eyes, like mirror work is, can be awkward if you're not used to it. And it's interesting too, because with the onset of Zoom for things, yeah. what's really cool with Zoom is you can see yourself as yeah. well as everybody else. Yeah. And I remember being on a Zoom call with a group of ladies and the fact that one particular lady could watch herself react to what was going mm. on within the call and to watch her, her face and her responses and her, and then integrate those feelings into that. She said it was one of the most helpful situations she'd ever been in. Yeah. To, Cause we never see ourselves. Right. Right. right? Everyone else sees us, but we right. don't. Right. So for her, Zoom was this amazing tool of being able to witness herself go through a healing. Oh, that's awesome. It was so powerful. That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so amazing. I also want to say about compassion is to take yourself out of the other person's story. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to be in their story. Uh, listening with, I, I say it, listening with a deaf ear, meaning like for empaths, because a lot of times when we listen to someone's story, we're involved. We're like, that's why I cry at all the movies and I cry right along with people. And I still do, especially when I'm bringing in loved ones, but I'm able to just be a witness and hold space for that person. But that's where people get lost with the compassion is they plug themselves into that story. They try to become the fixer um, or to figure it out for that person or give advice and and having or or even the compassion is coming from the oh poor them the victim piece like the victim piece right like oh poor them 
where we kind of put ourselves on like a little bit of a pedestal or whatever. But if we come at it with compassion going, I love and support that person. I, I hear you. I can understand. And sometimes it's a saying, it sucks, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. That's compassion. That's true compassion, right? Instead of seeing the, the woes. Because right? that doesn't help anyone. It's you're bringing the whole thing down into a lower vibration. You're going, you're getting lost with them. everything. Yeah. And then instead of helping someone by elevating and inspiring them to go wherever they want to go vibrationally. Yeah. You're, you're playing into where they are. Yeah. And then you're both in that place and then how do you how do you separate like you're yeah. saying and then how do how do you both get back to wherever you may have been in that experience and yeah. I'm noticing a lot I mean I have been for years now listening to language like listening to how people talk and um listening to how my friends are talking when they whatever's going on in their lives but also having it come back at me and having people call me out on the language that I'm using because there's so much power behind the words because for me, the words also create the vision. Mm. And so whatever words you're using is creating a vision and you're sending that all of that vision and those words and the energy behind them out there. Yeah, I... So I've gone back and forth with this for years because as an empath, it's all about the intentions of the words. So the words could be, and it's not just being an empath, someone who has dyslexia, who can interchange words very quickly to the words that she can pronounce or read, but have the same meaning, words don't always hold the same power. To me, it's the intention. It's the feelings behind what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's the feelings of what you're putting out more than the words. And I always go back to Shakespeare. Would a rose be a rose if it was called by any other name? Right? And it would. It would still look the same. Still get pricked by the thorn. It would smell the same. But we created that word, rose, which honestly has several different names, right? Because there's the scientific name. And then what is a rose in every language on the planet? Right. It's not rose. Right. At least I don't think so. No, it wouldn't be. Right? No, it wouldn't be. No. I don't know, though. I Especially the languages that have a a really different language. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah, it would be completely different. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, but I, I do get what you're saying too with the watch your the language and watch yeah watch your words but I think it's also watch the intention of mm-hmm. the words so like I make sure I I I don't put out anything negative out there because we focus on the positive so I do watch my wording or even like if I'm manifesting if I'm in the flow I do watch the words that I say, like, uh, 
like a friend of mine who was teaching one time talked about how she was in the flow and she's like, we're going to crush it today. And then 10 minutes later gets in a car accident and realized she used the word crush. And so I do pay attention in that sense too. So I guess it's like finding that balance Yeah. or it's both or all of it or none of it, or. I think it's whatever it is in that moment. It's right? just when you're present enough to witness what's going on around you, and what I've learned to do, which is how the channeling piece has really kind of developed over the years. But what I've learned to do is slow down. Yeah. And when I slow down and I give space to everything, that space allows the words to come through. And what I've learned to do is ask for guidance. So if, I'm, if I've done something, a reading with a dog or cat or whatever, um, and it's a really tender topic, and I don't know these people, right? So they're strangers. So, you, your job is to bring that tender topic to their attention because you open the channel for the animal to talk, right? So how do you bring that tender topic in? And it has always been a challenge for me because I want to share the truth, but how do you share it? Because you want somebody to hear it, right? And know that it's information how that can is they supporting them, it? and how do they receive it? And so yeah. what I learned to do, one, I learned to slow down. Yeah. And two, I learned to ask my guides, give me the words that they will hear. Yeah. Give me the words that will resonate with them or give me the question to ask them that yeah. they give me the answer to what it was I wanted to say. Yeah. So it comes from them Yeah. and not from me. I love it. And it's been amazing to really work with, because that's compassion too, because compassion is not just blurting something out because that's what you received. Right. But how do you, how do you bring it in a way that's loving and kind yeah. and, um, or how they need to receive it. Exactly. Cause sometimes it's not that loving and kind yeah. being a channeler myself, Yeah. but it's, and I do a lot of times I do ask the angels, like, give me the words yeah. to have this come across how they need it. But um, there's sometimes that I'm very blunt, very straightforward. There's sometimes that I'm pointing at them. <laughs> and then afterwards, like once I came out of the like the trance, air, air quotes trance, uh, I'm like, I am so sorry. And they're like, nope, that's how I needed to receive it. Right. Like they heard it. Right. And then there's other times that someone like me, if you did that to me, I'll be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, but because I need a more gentle approach i need someone to like pet my hair and be like you're beautiful can we move in this direction now and my guides are very patient right right, <laughs> right. but sure. it's true like it's it's become aware or mindful of um of your approach right yeah and there's a whole there was a whole big thing a few years ago about uh non-confrontational conversational i don't know if i've got the words right but yeah don't have a confrontation have a conversation yeah that's what i was, like to say it was it was all about um how to choose your words so that you can have a conversation and not have it become overly volatile where no one's really getting anywhere and you're just at each other um yeah. and i am so non-confrontational that you know my my mo is i avoid yeah rather than face and so 
you know, as we all learn how to develop our own skills, my skills over the years have been face it, but face it in a way that feels good for you. You don't have to come in at the place where the other person is. You come in where you are and ask for guidance and have that conversation. But I also make sure, like, where is my body? Mm. How am I sitting? Yeah. How am I presenting myself, not for the other person, but for me? Yeah, yeah. Am I protecting my heart or am I like wide open and this truly is coming from that heart place. Bringing the body into it, which I'm very aware of my body. Yeah. Which I don't have to, I have to say that I'm probably not always aware of my body because of being trained as the psychic medium and always having people like, well, you read body language, you read body language. And I was like, how can I pull out this from body language? I think that I do do maybe uh, am not as mindful. I don't want to say avoid, but maybe not as mindful. But to a point I am because with meditations, I tell people to uncross their legs and don't cross your arms and and all of that. So that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm really, I've really become aware of how I'm showing up. Yeah. Because yeah. again, with the animals, oh, oh we my gotta gosh. go. We have got to go. We're <laughs> going to go dot, 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 dot. And thank you for being with us because thank we have you. red numbers on the screen. And now we have to go. <laughs> we got to go. Thank you. Thank we love you. you so much. See you next time around. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye.